0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ghost Stealers! Ghost Stealers!
1: Say Ghost Stealers! Ghost Stealers! ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. This is Nick coming to you from the Houston Outpost. Unfortunately, Papa Tom will not be able to join this week. I've said this probably too many times for our usual listeners, but we're going through some crazy, hectic schedule changes during the football season right now that make the 2021 season both challenging on the field and in the podcast room. So thank you so much. For still listening and bearing with us, even when we're having to do truncated episodes or solo episodes or this or that, regardless, there's plenty to talk about, and it has to come out. Okay, we are at a crux in the Steelers season, and it's come a little bit earlier than we might have anticipated. But the Steelers are three and three. It has been a tumultuous start to the year. We've seen the Steelers look as bad as we've ever seen them. A resounding thing. This this horrific Steelers team that chokes on defense even though they're supposed to be elite there and that has put forth some of the worst offensive teams we've ever seen in 50 years of Steelers football we've seen it during the Duck and Rudolph year during the collapse after the 11-0 start last year and during the beginning of the season this year but there have been signs of life the Steelers Open the season with the bang, with a big victory over a major contender in the Bills. Then they drop all the way to 1-3. and three. Now they fight back their 5—or, excuse me, they are 3-3. Three and three. And the bye week is here. And on the other side of this bye week approaches a big game against divisional rival the Cleveland Browns, who embarrassed the Steelers to end last year's season in the playoffs uh, when the Browns blew the Steelers out at Heinz Field in one of the low points in my Steelers watching history. But we will talk about that game. We will talk about where the Steelers are at. We're going to talk about where the AFC North is at now that the Bengals are the number one team. The Bengals, who just absolutely dog-walked the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore, in Baltimore, embarrassed. The Ravens. We'll talk about the Ravens. We'll talk about the Bengals. We'll talk about that game a little bit in particular. We'll talk about how the Bengals are 5-2 and two in the head of the AFC along with another team that beat the Steelers, the Raiders. Okay, does that give us different perspective on where the Steelers are at? We'll talk about the Melvin Ingram trade rumors, and uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about everything today, but first, I got to talk to you about buying stock in the Steelers at Symbol.com. That's our new sponsor, Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L, and there's no bull going on here. There's only money being made if you make the right decisions. We have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love, Symbol. It's the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. You can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you win cash. Use your knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win, just like Papa Tom and I did from the Steelman last week. Join the over 7,000 early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code SD, like in sports drink, to make your deposit risk-free. And risk-free just means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol, start investing and profiting from the Steel Men now. And while you're at it, why don't you talk about the steel, man? Why don't you talk your talk? Why don't you walk it? Why don't you digitally punch someone in the larynx at Spotify Green Room? I don't know if they want me encouraging that, but it is technically a metaphor and physically impossible, so I don't think that there's any legality issues there. Spotify Green Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free. And easy to use. You can talk to fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversations that you listen to here every day. Download the Spotify Greenroom app for free in the iOS app store. Create a profile. Link your Twitter. And join the group. Okay. Let's talk to Steelmen. But first, let's talk to talk Bengals. Okay, so the Bengals are good. Now, the Bengals dismantled the Ravens in... I would say it was a shocking result not in term not in the not in the sense that they won but that in the sense that they destroyed the Ravens the way they did. You know, it was kind of reminiscent of the bang, of the Browns crushing the Steelers in the playoffs last year. Obviously that was a bigger deal being, you know, a playoff scenario, but everybody knew the Browns were good, but to beat the Steelers that handily almost signified a change of the guard, which (laughs) doesn't seem to be happening based on the way the Brown season has gone so far. But I feel like a similar thing happened with the Bengals. Nobody's, I mean, everybody's shocked, including myself, that the Bengals are in first place, of course. But I think that's mostly due to the fact that Joe Burrow has recovered from this leg injury so well and that this is coming a little bit earlier than we thought. Listen, before the season started, the stock on the Ravens and the Steelers is down. They both lost a lot of players and didn't exactly replenish that talent with instant contributors. But those are the daddies in the AFC North, so you know they're still going to be good. But they didn't get that much better this offseason. The Browns are kind of crowned because just top to bottom, their roster is absurd I mean, that's what happens when you pick number one, like nine out of 10 years. You're eventually going to get an insane roster if you don't completely blow it the way that they have in the past. But the Bengals had something that none of the other AFC North teams had, which is a bona fide superstar pocket passing quarterback. Now, I'm, I don't know if I could say a Lamar Jackson fan because he's a Raven, but I mean, come on, guys. He's amazing. He's so much fun to watch. And I think that he's kind of like a Cam Newton, where it is in the sense that, like, look, th- these guys have underrated throwing ability. They are good at throwing the ball. They're not Taysom Hill. They're not, um, you know, Tim Tebow. those kind of things where they can't throw at all. Like, Cam, rocket arm, a Lamar, very good arm, but. Look, they're not elite throwers. And and some people want to over-defend these guys when people call them running backs and say they're amazing at throwing. They're not amazing at throwing. There's accuracy issues. There's processing. And in both of those guys' uh, cases, there is a lack of weapons on offense and a lack of great offensive coaching. So it's not just all on them. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that I don't care that the that the passing is in Tom Brady level because the running is so far and beyond uh, the playmaking ability of almost any other player in the league that it doesn't matter that Lamar is an an elite passer. He's an elite quarterback. And if his career is only 10 to 12 years of dominance versus 20, who the hell cares? Right. So I guess that's just a long disclaimer for me to say, I'm not saying Joe Burrow's a better player than Lamar Jackson, but Joe Burrow had an incredible rookie season where he had some great support around him as far as skill position players go. Not like it's the Kansas City Chiefs, but you know, when you have Tyler Boyd, Higgins, Mixon, uh, the tight end, I always want to say Hushmanzada. That's not his name, but he's really good. He had two touchdowns this week. There's some good guys there, but they had a terrible defense, a young coach, and no offensive line, and Joe Burrow was still slinging the ball like he was at LSU. Then he explodes his knee, and you think it's going to take a while for him to come back. And while he has shown some signs of rust this year... It doesn't matter. He's back. He's phenomenal. And he makes big plays down the field, which Baker Mayfield does not do consistently. Obviously, Ben in the elderly years, the Batman Beyond years here, he doesn't do that consistently either. And Lamar doesn't do that either. And when you have a quarterback who could throw down field like that, you're going to have a good team. I mean, look at the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Even the the, the Texans who can't win a freaking game, they win games with, with Deshaun Watson, right? So when you add Jamar Chase to that and it turns out he's potentially the best rookie receiver in history guys already got about 800 receiving yards and seven touchdowns in the first seven games of the year, that is a potent aerial attack. So that's a long way to say that's why the Bengals are good because they can make big plays and they can make them consistently. And in addition to that, their defense has improved where they have, they have a stout defense who's, you know, tested and, uh, and that's where they are. So it's not so mind blowing to think that they're a really good team. And I don't know how good they are exactly, but they're clearly legit. Right. And makes it interesting that we, we're seeing them as legit because it was depressing when the Steelers lost them earlier in the season. Well, now you don't feel as bad about it because you realize, oh, that was a very good team in Cincinnati. It, Now, you shouldn't be running for two yards of freaking carry against any team, and so we know that the Bengals being good doesn't alleviate our concerns about the Steelers, but it just is interesting to see that. So they're in the driver's seat in the AFC North right now, and it's something to keep an eye on. As far as the Ravens go— I want to talk about them, and I want to talk about the Browns a little bit because it's the Steelers' bye week. They didn't play, and I think it's a good time to pick our head up uh, out of the water and just kind of look around at the landscape that the Steelers are dealing with. The Ravens right now remind me of three teams of the past decade, the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Steelers, in the sense that they're basically guided by two things. Number one, it's a superstar quarterback who's carrying the team. Lamar is carrying the team the same way that the team ran through Ben for the last, you know, eight years, Ben and AB and Le'Veon at points, obviously great offensive line, but really it was like, they couldn't get the defense together. They almost did with a trash roster with, but when Ryan Shazier was leading the defense, but really besides that, it was kind of like, well, we still got Ben. We're going to make some some fourth quarter comebacks, and Steelers are going to win a lot of games. And the same thing with Aaron Rodgers, and the same thing with Russell Wilson. They're sort of living and dying by a super potent uh, star at the quarterback position. And and for anybody out there, you know, I'm I'm not saying that Ben single handedly carried this team. I just mentioned there was a great line, great, uh, an amazing receiver and running back, things like that. But really, it ran like a modern NFL passing team going through this quarterback, even though the rest of the Ravens roster is not as good as it's been in the past, it's running off of him. And the second thing they run off of is just good a good head coach and a good like overall culture. So the defense is is good in Baltimore, even though the talent isn't where it's been in the past. And the thing about the defense in Baltimore, which differentiates them from Pittsburgh, Green Bay, and Seattle, but the the we're all gonna lean on these Playmaking Hall of Fame quarterback teams is the defense in Baltimore is extremely complicated. It's it's Baltimore. Wink Martindale, Harbaugh, those guys actually offer a large schematical advantage there. And then you know they got the greatest kicker in the history of the game over there. So all I mean to say is that when you are running off of star quarterback and culture, you can lose some games. So I don't think that it is going to. You know, I think that Baltimore's gotten off to a great start. They've won a bunch of nail biters. They got their butts kicked against the Bengals. I think it'll wake them up and they'll have a better game next time. But that's where I think that the Ravens are right now. They're not overwhelming, but that star power is is so significant. So let's talk about the bye week and then get into Steelers and Browns here. The early bye week... Week six, they're going to have a long time to go without any rest whatsoever if you are the Steelers. And I actually don't think it's that bad of of an issue for them at the moment because the start of the season was so tumultuous with this offensive line not even being close to ready and that consequently affecting... An elderly, Ben Roethlisberger, who at this point in his career needs uh, ultimate support around him in order to be a a decent quarterback. It's just looked really bad. And yes, it took overtime to beat a hapless Seattle Seahawks defense with a backup quarterback, Geno Smith, in there. But getting those two wins is significant for the Steelers. And now you get a pause, take a breath, say, hey, we've actually got Najee Harris in the run game looking OK. They've gone from last place in the league, 32nd to about 17th, so right in the middle of the pack. That That is a quantum leap forward, granted with a small sample size. And you kind of get a chance to breathe and prepare for your biggest game of the year, which is the revenge game against the Browns. And that's just kind of where the Steelers are at right now, you know, at three and three. And now looking around, the Steelers team, when you take into account that the Raiders and the Bengals beat the Steelers already, and those are two good teams, both five and two, you look at it and it's like, hey, this is actually kind of what we predicted in in the offseason, right? The Steelers are going to be around 500. There's too much talent for them to just be a three or four win team, but there's... Too much of a question mark at offensive line and quarterback for for them to be a, a dominant team the way that they were for stretches of last year. And they're exactly 500 right now, so we'll see how it goes. Now, when we're talking about the Browns game coming up this week, it does not look as difficult as it did before week one or after week one when the Browns played the Chiefs wire to wire before we realized, oh, wow, the Chiefs are in trouble this year. And by the way, these are all great examples of why you really, you can't predict much in the NFL preseason um, because, you know, injuries play a big part and you just don't know how seasons are going to unfold. That being said, the Browns are struggling a little bit. What are they? Four and three. They're going to be highly motivated to win this game because the expectations of the Browns would be they'd be a top three seed. And the motivation for the Steelers is going to be enormous because of the embarrassment suffered in the playoff game. Now, the Browns have been dealing with a bunch of injuries, you know, both offensive tackles, both starting running backs and the starting quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Their defense, which is crazy talented, has not been great. I think Chris Sims used this phrase on Pro Football Talk Live with Mike Florio They've feasted on the poor defensively in Cleveland. They've been lit up a little bit by the better offensive teams and their stats look a little bit better because they played some bad teams. But overall, the talent has not translated to domination on the field. So that defense, I think, could get a lot better by the end of the season because they have a bunch of new moving pieces. They have young talent and all that suggests they can get better. It's not like they have a bunch of veterans on the team who are blowing it and have already maxed out their skills at this point. They have potential to get better. I don't think that comes in one week versus the Steelers. So the Steelers, I think, will have an opportunity to try and run the ball and do some of the things they've done the past few weeks. Uh, Having the bye week to scheme up a a few extra things against Cleveland, that's helpful as well. And... In regards to Miles Garrett, if we're talking Steelers offense versus Browns defense, Miles Garrett, you know, everybody's been waiting for him to have the defensive player of the year kind of campaign you would think he could have just based on his immense talent. I mean, he's so weirdly fast for being so big, right? And he's been almost that guy, but he he's not TJ Watt just yet, everybody. The problem is he is TJ Watt when he plays against the Steelers. He always has a monster game, and I'm sure this week will be no different. So a lot of the strategy, I bet you, is going to go towards making sure he doesn't wreck the game like he's done against the Steelers multiple times, forcing fumbles, sometimes multiple fumbles in the backfield in one game. So he's someone to be very worried about. J-O-K, Jeremiah Awushu-Koromoa from Notre Dame, the super fast linebacker, has looked extremely fast let's just say that he looks like the guy he was drafted to be in Cleveland so he will cause some matchup problems but really we know with the Steelers they're not even really at the point right now where you're thinking about matchups and one-on-ones and is Denzel Ward going to be covering uh, Deontay Johnson one-on-one it's not so much about that it's just can the Steelers take another step forward with the offensive line and can they get some of this run game going and will Ben be able to hit a deep one over the top I'll be curious to see it but I think that this game has potential to be very close because that Browns defense has not escalated to the point we thought it would. Now, if you flip it around to the other side of the ball, I don't think the injuries matter at all for Cleveland because the Steelers defense – also has been underperforming, and they got ran all over by the Seahawks last week, even without any threat of throwing the ball. The the Seahawks would, you know, they were running eight out of 10 plays at a certain point in that second half, and they were getting all the yards they want. My friends, we interrupt our regularly scheduled programming for the opportunity of a lifetime. Jordan Belfort here. No, Nick, saying, you got to use Symbol. Symbol is our new sponsor. That's S-I-M-B-U-L-L. It's the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. You can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you earn cash. Sell, sell, sell. Wait, no, 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 no. Buy. All you got to do is use the promo code SD, like sports drink, at www.symbolsimbull.com to create a free account and they'll even give you a first deposit risk-free, which means even if you lose money, Simple will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Join Simple and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams today. So Spotify Green Room, everybody, it's a live audio-only sports talk platform where you can talk to fans, athletes, insiders, and psychopaths like X Factor or Red Extreme from Chiefs Kingdom in real time. Those guys gotta be on there. I mean, come on. Get in on the conversation that you listen to every day. And, you know, say what you got to say. Get it out, everybody. Download the Spotify Green Room app for free in the iOS store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group at Spotify Green Room. Let's talk sports. And the Browns are at a point with their offensive line and their rushing offense and their coaching where they are at just plug-and-play mode. Because Dearness Johnson, a guy who was DMing, what is it, AFAF teams, just to get a tryout for one of those squads, you know, a year ago. Apparently he's amazing, and he ran for like 147 yards and a touchdown last week when the Browns beat the Broncos on Thursday night football. I mean, it reminds you of when D'Angelo Williams had to come in for uh, Le'Veon Bell and then James Conner, and you just cycled guys through, and they're getting a 1,000 yards as long as they have some talent, right? So I think that the Browns will be able to run the ball in the Steelers, but I think that generally the Steelers are good against one-dimensional teams. When they know you are going to run the crap out of the ball and they're preparing for that, generally they 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 can handle that. Now, obviously— the Seahawks game gives you some cause for concern, but hey, maybe you could argue that's going to make Tom away harder on them as a result. And I don't think that the Browns will run all over the Steelers, but it basically depends on one thing. Can the offense mount some drives in the first half? Because we've seen over the last two years, if the offense does their usual disappearing act where they're going three and out countless times, eventually the defense just breaks down. And it has happened over and over again. It happened in that playoff game. Actually, yeah, it happened in that playoff game. Even if the Steelers were moving the ball, the the defense let it up. So it is something to be worried about for sure. And uh, as far as Case Keenum starting instead of Baker Mayfield, look, Baker Mayfield is a stronger arm than Case Keenum. But Case Keenum's more comfortable playing quarterback and, and, and throwing the ball down the field. And I don't think Odell will be in there, but uh, clearly he, it doesn't matter in Cleveland. He's, his career has just been erased by them. And I don't know how much of a, a threat of, of a big-time downfield passing offense they will have uh, with Case Keenum. But I don't think that it drops off a lot. So I actually think that this game is much closer than we anticipated it to be in the preseason. And if the Steelers can win this one, ah, that I mean, it would just do so much for your season to get that vindication. It would get that confidence up. You'd get the monkey off your back from getting destroyed by the Browns in that previous matchup. You'd also get the satisfaction of sending the Browns into the absolute basement. I think that this is another Tomlin special in terms of the motivation is so high, and the Steelers are. Rested. Now, will that affect the offensive chemistry or not? I, it's just impossible to tell at this point. All I know is that the Steelers, we're just going to consider this the midway point of the season. And there's a few things I'll be looking out for. Number one, can some of the young offensive linemen turn into legit starters or studs? We're looking at Dotson and Green and Moore in particular. Can that happen? Chase Claypool can he take the next step the way Deontay Johnson is taking the next step? If he can, I mean, show those flashes of brilliance. I think he went five for 150 the other week as well. I mean, obviously, he can put up some numbers. But if he can just keep getting consistent, if he can find a way to start winning downtown a little bit more, and you have him and Deontay, that is a great time for the Steelers' offense. And if, if those things can happen, then, you know, I think you'll see Ben's play ascend a little bit as well so i'm very excited for the game and i think that it should be a close one and i, I kind of have a good feeling about the steelers in this game just because the momentum's kind of all on their side the steelers sort of have nothing to lose and the browns they're just not what we thought they would be and they still have plenty of season to uh to rectify that but we will see and one other thing we will see about is Melvin Ingram's future on the Steelers because Ian Rappaport reported that he is being shopped by the Steelers right now before the trade deadline and i don't I don't think that that's quite accurate in terms of if he's being shopped by the Steelers and and I guess maybe he didn't he didn't report it as. The Steelers were actively shopping him, just that there's interest in Melvin Ingram. And I'm sure that is the truth from many other teams right now who are finding, hey, we're in in the playoff running, we could use another edge rusher. And I wonder where the Steelers are at with that. All I can say is this, if the Steelers got a great deal for him, you get a fourth or I mean, you're not going to get anything over like a fourth round pick, probably, probably a fifth or, or something along those lines, honestly. I don't, I don't take fifth round picks for players in that way, particularly. But if you could get a fourth or something, that might be worth it. The Steelers aren't winning the Super Bowl this year. They're trying to set up the next team, in my opinion here. And if you could just flip that guy to get more draft picks out of it, that actually, this would be the opera time to do something like that. If the Steelers were making a Super Bowl run, absolutely not. You do not let him go. Um, and I I, gener- I I don't think that they'll let him go, but if a great opportunity came up, this is what a shrewd team would do. Let the man go, get some compensation for it. But that's something that's going to be interesting to monitor going forward. Uh, additionally, Zach Banner and McFarlane come back this week for the Steelers. I don't think they're going to plug Banner in unless uh, one of the tackles has a, a horrific game. And if they were going to have a horrific game, it would be this week against Miles Garrett. And I do not want Zach Banner pass blocking against Miles Garrett, but it'll be an interesting uh, thing to watch if Zach Banner does get into some games soon uh, for his run blocking in particular. And I wonder if even if they'll find a way to get him in with some jumbo packages this week against the Browns. I sort of expect that they will. So those are some interesting things to watch. Hopefully McFarlane gets a touch or two and you get to kind of try out that Thunder-Lightning role because the other... The other thing I really want to watch over the last part of the season here is—well, not the last part, but, you know, the following 11 games—had to do that math real quick with the new schedule— I'm just – I think that Najee Harris is getting lit up way too much. I saw a study uh, posted by a Steelers beat writer – I forgot who it was. My apologies – a couple weeks ago saying like, hey, Najee Harris is actually like third or fourth in the league in touches. Like Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott are getting uh, this many touches. Yeah, but I I don't know if they're getting – just dog-piled on like Najee is. I mean, every hit Najee takes is one guy on the knee, another guy in the chest, another guy trying to rip him down from the horse collar, whatever it is. He is taking way too much of a beating, in my opinion. Um, And it would be nice to see them take, you know, 12 snaps a game away from him. And I think McFarlane is kind of the, the lightning compliment to his thunder that would make a lot of sense. So... A lot of things to look at going forward. I think the Steelers actually have to feel a little bit better uh, now than they did after week four on their losing skid. Uh, just looking up, seeing that some of the teams that beat them are actually very good teams, um, seeing that the Steelers themselves have had some success over the last two games that were not appearing in the first four, and the fact that they get to sort of take a week off and rest up before this emotional game they're about to play against the Browns, and hopefully they smash them. I could see this being a 24 20 Steelers win, um, or are going the exact opposite way. But ah, there's only one way to find out, and that's by watching the games, people. And we'll be here to break them down. This is Nick checking out from the Houston Outpost. Follow us on Twitter, at Steelers Outpost. Go Steelers.
0: Okay, bye-bye. We're driven by the search for better.
1: Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
1: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! Coming!